Love is in the air. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, behold Benji, bitch. <laughs> and change is in the wind. Do you want me to get you a toothbrush or a toiletries? No, I'm going to summer camp, baby. I'm going to jail. I'm Patrick Gomez from Entertainment Weekly, filling in for Jared Hall. And here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, June 11th through Sunday, June 13th. We're counting down this weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Who's ready for another trip to Middle-earth? An original anime feature set years before the events of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is officially in the works. Titled The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, the film will center on Helm Hammerhand, the King of Rohan, who is the namesake for the legendary Helm's Deep. This anime feature is in addition to the highly anticipated Lord of the Rings TV series coming soon to Amazon Prime Video. Speaking of Amazon Prime Video, This Is Us star Milo Ventimiglia is set to reunite with Gilmore Girls creator Amy Sherman Palladino when he joins the cast of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. No word yet on what role Ventimiglia will play on the upcoming fourth season, but this makes him the second This Is Us star to join the period dramedy after Sterling K. Brown was added to the cast last season. And in the music world, Lord's new single Solar Power leaked early onto streamers Thursday, just hours before the singer released the video of the track. Solar Power, which Lord wrote and produced with Jack Antonoff, is the title track for her upcoming third album. Lord says the record is infused with, quote, that infectious, flirtatious summer energy that takes hold of us all. I think I speak for all of us when I say we're definitely ready for that energy. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head to EW.com. And now, we're dead excited to reveal this weekend's top five picks. We're starting with number five, Fear the Walking Dead. If you thought a zombie apocalypse wasn't enough, the AMC series is serving up a nuclear apocalypse for its season six finale. Last week, the Doomsday Cult managed to launch a missile with 10 warheads targeting locations in Texas, leaving our heroes scrambling for a way to survive. And Daniel may have found one. Here's a clip from the finale. How's it looking here? The basement is a no-go. You find anything? Yeah, a bunker. What bunker? One where they're holding Alicia. One where we can all ride this thing out. Old hotel about 15 miles east. So he just told you where it was? It's funny what you can get a true believer to spill when you pull him away from their leader. Why should we believe him? You got a better idea? Yes. I was with the radio. I heard a voice broadcasting coordinates, and the voice said it was a safe place to go to, and I wrote him down. Who said that? Daniel, who was broadcasting? Was it Morgan? I didn't hear him say anything about coordinates. No, someone else. I, I know that voice. I just don't know who it is, and, and then it cut out. You sure you're not just confused again, old-timer? You remember what happened last time we took your word? We don't have time for this. It's sure to be an intense hour, and fortunately, fans won't have to wait long to see what happens next. Season 7 of Fear the Walking Dead is set to premiere later this year. In the meantime, Season 6 wraps up on Sunday at 9 p.m. on AMC. Next, let's flock to our number four pick, Tuca and Birdie, which is finally back for season two on Sunday. Adult Swim saved the animated comedy following its cancellation at Netflix, blessing us with more episodes of this hilarious, honest, and gloriously eye-popping series. Tiffany Haddish and Ali Wong stars the titular duo, two talking bird BFFs living in a world of anthropomorphic plants and reality-bending visuals. When we pick back up, Birdie is busy exercising her demons with the help of a therapist, while Tuca is busy trying not to be single anymore. Here's a clip. 
So what normally happens when you panic? Well, Speckle and Tuca help me, which is terrible. I'm such a burden on them. Like, if I bomb this dinner, Speckle will for sure dump me and get a super chill girlfriend, and she'll be Tuca's new best friend. I know how to surf, and I never sh**. <laughs> Tuca and Speckle haven't dumped you yet. But they will. I'm like a haunted house. I look charming on the outside, but the more I let other people in, the more they'll see what I'm really like. And it'll be too much, because I'm freaking haunted! Maybe they want to go into a haunted house, and they want to help. I felt like creepy girls facing the corner, with no face and You don't have to fix yourself before letting them in. Nope, nope. I didn't come here to not fix myself. I could have done that in not therapy. I'm here because I'm fixing to get fixed. Sounds like this show hasn't lost any of its wit and wisdom in the flight between platforms. You can tune, get it, tune, into Tuca and Birdie Sunday at 11.30 p.m. on Adult Swim. On the subject of animated shows, season two of The Owl House premieres this Saturday on Disney Channel. And we have star Wendy Malick here to answer the question, what you watching? This is Wendy Malick and I am watching Halston. And this is of particular interest to me because I was a model in the 70s for Wilhelmina and used to hang out at Studio 54. And I did fashion shows for uh, Oscar de la Renta, Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, and Halston. So I actually modeled for these people. And uh, it was, you can't exaggerate what that scene was. Believe me, it was every bit as insane as it appears to be in this show. It's really fun to go back and relive those times. And I think the woman playing Liza Minnelli deserves an Emmy. That's former Smash star Krista Rodriguez who plays Liza Minnelli. You can stream Houston on Netflix now and catch the season premiere of The Owl House Saturday at 10 a.m. on Disney Channel. And now for something completely different. Our number three pick is Blind Spotting, the new star series that continues the story begun in Raphael Casal and Davi Diggs's 2018 indie darling of the same name. The show shifts the focus to Jasmine Cephas Jones's Ashley, who is the partner of Casal's character Miles. The series starts with Miles abruptly incarcerated and Ashley, along with their young son, moving in with Miles's eccentric mom Rainey, played by Oscar winner Helen Hunt, and half-sister Trish, played by shameless star Jalen Barron. Here's Casal and why he and Diggs, who both executive produced the show, decided to shift the story's central character for TV. We always thought is that if there was going to be more story, it should be about Ashley, or we should introduce some new characters, because the universe should expand, not sort of barrel down the same path. We felt like we told at least Colin's story really well, and so the more we entertain this idea of, like, well, if we were going to do an Ashley story, it would be this, it would be this, and we would meet these people, and... You're going to hear more about Miles, and by extension, we learned this, and we learned this, and we learned this about their kid. And I think we just sort of talked ourselves into it after a few months. And Jasmine wanted to do it. She was excited about the character and excited to be back in that world. And I think for us, the idea of being a vehicle for Jasmine Cephas Stone, somebody who we think is brilliantly talented, and we haven't seen her get that role yet. This just felt like a, a project we should dive into, and so we did. Cephas Jones says it was a complete surprise when the duo approached her about the show. Here's the actress on how the series compares to the movie. I think they really wanted to make it a show that is led by, by women. And I think, you know, it started with Ashley, and then it kind of trickled down to the other women. And I think it was a great contrast to the film. And it's like, you know, we got the men's side, and now here's the women's side. And it works. 
you know, I think that's definitely what they wanted. And I think it was something that was like very important to that. Um, and you know, me, I immediately, I was completely down and I was like, thank you for, <laughs> you know, for giving these women's stories a, a chance. You can give blind spotting a chance starting Sunday at 9 p.m. on Stars. It's trivia time. Jasmine Cephas Jones is engaged to which of her co-stars from the original Broadway cast of Hamilton? Davi Diggs, Anthony Ramos, or Akiriyoteo Naudawan? Stay tuned for the answer, as well as our top two picks and soundbite of the week. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. The multiverse was shaken this week by the debut of Marvel's new Disney Plus series, Loki, and shook by one particular line from the series premiere. After his arrest by the Time Variance Authority for wreaking havoc across the timeline with the Tesseract, Loki was quick to blame the time-traveling Avengers for his actions, all of which leads to our soundbite of the week. Oh, believe me, you can smell the cologne of two Tony Starks. Wow, even in death, Tony Stark isn't safe from roasting. Then again, is any Marvel character ever really dead? Loki being Exhibit A. You can catch up with the Loki premiere on Disney Plus now. On to our number two pick, Hulu's Love, Victor. The Love, Simon spinoff returns for season two today with a newly out-of-the-closet Victor entering his junior year at Creekwood High. But being out brings new challenges as Victor faces a family struggling with his revelation, a heartbroken ex-girlfriend, and the difficulties of being an openly gay star athlete, all while navigating the excitement of his relationship with Benji. Here's a preview. Mom, Dad, I'm gay. You are literally dating the most gorgeous guy at Creekwood. Well, I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, behold Benji, bitch. <laughs> hey, so we should probably talk about what we're going to tell everyone. I want to tell people. I'm ready. No more hiding who I am. Everyone thinks coming out is easy these days, but it's not. My own mom can barely even look at me. Between my dad getting engaged and Veronica getting pregnant. Hi, guys. I wanted to figure out where I fit here. Did you figure it out? Sorry, I'm late. Queens before peens. Say the word and I will ditch these gays like a corporation after Pride Month. Lake clearly remains the show's comedic MVP. We also have some new faces joining the ensemble this season. Here's EW Sydney Boxbaum on one of the standouts. There's a new character, Raheem, played by newcomer Anthony Keevan, who I think is going to become an instant fan favorite. He's, I think, one grade younger than Victor at Creekwood, but he's already this out and proud student at school. He just still hasn't come out to his Muslim parents. And so his storyline and how he connects with Victor is like really touching and brings out a lot of what Love Victor does best in telling 
better, more inclusive stories than what we usually see in these mainstream rom-coms. We're loving it already. You can hear more from Sydney on the latest episode of our What to Watch video series. And you can binge season two of Love, Victor right now on Hulu. And now, let's loop you in on our number one pick. It's Lupin. Or Lupin, rather. The hugely popular French Netflix series is back for a second season, with five more hours in the adventures of Omar Sy's gentleman thief, Arsène Diop. His quest for revenge against the wealthy and powerful Hubert Pellegrini has torn his family to pieces, and our hero now has to think of a new plan, even if it means putting himself in danger. EW Digital Director Shane and Naomi Crockmall is one of the many EW staffers who fell in love with this show over its first five episodes. She now joins me to discuss Lupin and what lies ahead in season two. I feel like I have to say that there is an entire Slack channel of EW folks who love this show and just needed to talk about it more. So I am here on behalf of Team Lupin from EW. I know that you're super excited for season two, but before we even get to that, Tell us a little bit about uh, how you would describe this series to someone that knows nothing about it. The show overall is amazing. This is a Netflix series. It's in French. Uh, it is going into its second season. And the show is about a man named Asan Diop, who is played by Omar Sy. And he is what they call a gentleman burglar. So it has a real like Ocean's Eleven kind of vibe to start off. Like here's this man who through various circumstances has a lot of different, not particularly legal ways to get by, but they're also not particularly violent, right? And they're almost almost the kind of thing where you like say thank you at the end for being robbed, like in George Clooney and out of sight. So it has that kind of vibe, but it is also has this whole literary tradition more similar to Sherlock because it's based on a series of very, very popular French novels. So it's sort of like if you had taken Sherlock Holmes and made a show about a man inspired by Sherlock Holmes to go and solve crime on his own, but who was not actually Sherlock. So it's very, it has a little meta level to it. And there've been multiple adaptations of um, the Lupin novels over the years. Um, But this particular one is set in modern times. It's also created or uh, written by George Kay, who worked on Killing Eve. So it brings like all of these little pieces together. Season one had a, a very opens with like a really dramatic heist at the Louvre. Um, and you should watch it. It's it's more sort of like the first half of a season and the second half of a season. But what ended season one was a real cliffhanger and a real moment of peril for um, Assange's family, having been kind of like sucked into his web of deceit. And so season two gets more intense. It is a little more violent, but in a way that sort of makes sense. Like the stakes are higher. Is it going to be possible to get through this without... Um, it becoming more of a threat to his life and his family's life. You're clearly a huge fan, but what would you say you love the most about the show? It's great. It's really smart and very enjoyable, really suspenseful. Um, very strongly want to recommend that you watch it with subtitles, subs, not dubs in this case, so that you can hear the French of it and enjoy watching it. I don't think I've seen an American show or a British show or really anything that was so good at really in subtle ways and in direct ways, really challenging the racist assumptions that people make when they think they know who they're looking for. They think they're looking for one kind of a criminal and not noticing people who are right in front of them. And this show 
I think it's like legacy or lasting impact of it is bigger than just a fun heisty sort of narrative. Like it's saying something pretty profound about who we pay attention to and who we don't pay attention to and and how that may feel very real and very true in Paris and in France and modern times as well. Season two of Lupin is streaming on Netflix now. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Jasmine Cephas-Jones is engaged to which of her co-stars from the original Broadway cast of Hamilton? David Diggs, Anthony Ramos, or Akirio Teo Naudawan? The answer? Anthony Ramos, who you can also see this weekend in In the Heights, now playing in theaters and on HBO Max. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday. So be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm executive editor Patrick Gomez. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Patrick Gomez LA. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. What to Watch. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted by Patrick Gomez, and executive produced by Shane and Naomi Crockmall and Carly Houston.